I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. You can't get bread because they paid farmers to destroy the crops and then decided not to let you into the grocery store because you're not part of a medical experiment. Okay, I guess we let them eat crickets. It's high noon for Tuesday, September 14th, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. You can also find me on Gab and Getter at I'm your moderator. The Substack is I'm your moderator And the merch site is www.cancelcouture.com or go direct to shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. Today is the 237th day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half dead, demented, degenerate ventriloquist dummy fake proxy president Joe Biden, who was overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth. That's Hunter Biden. So congratulations, commies. You're loud and you're proud and you're just unfortunately wrong about everything. But don't let that stop you, commies. Just go ahead and do your thing. Write some words on your dress and then head off to the $30,000 per ticket Met Gala. That'll show them. That'll show them that you are serious about helping out the average American. So long as the average American is happy to participate in a medical experiment and then live the rest of their lives in indentured servitude so that you will be kind enough to bestow upon them a universal basic income and a room where they can live in solitude watching all of the Netflix their little hearts desire. Forever, forever. 12 by 12 box sounds great. Video games and Netflix sounds great. Oh, you're going to deliver the food to me. That sounds great. Does the food have any nutrition? No. Well, hey, what can you do? It's free. So that sounds great. I have money and you're just going to give it to me. Well, that sounds great. What can I spend it on? Oh, doesn't matter. I can spend it on anything as long as I only do it for the next nine years. Because at that point, we're not going to own anything and we're going to like it. So what do you need money for? They're just going to send the food and send the video games and send the Netflix directly to my 12 by 12 room. Just right down that hallway. Everybody else lives there, too. I could go hang out with those other people, but unfortunately, We have this 7th or 18th round of COVID, or maybe it's the 800th. Who knows? Booster shots every three months. Do they work? Well, (laughs) depends on what their goal is. If the goal is killing people with the booster shots, then yeah, of course they work. How could the pharma companies ever fuck that up? They're good at that. 
Do they work to make people healthy so we can go back to normal life? No, that was all a lie, Kami. And the truth is, everyone told you that was a lie. But you, oh, you're a real educated, Kami. You watch the news all the time. You know all the news. In fact, you can repeat the news to your followers on Instagram. You can even come up with a show. Just call it, you know, let's say your your last name is Smith. You can just start the Smith News Network on Instagram and then repeat the news to your 8,000 followers. Be fantastic. They'll all know, oh, well, I don't need to watch the news myself. I can just get it from this guy. He sounds like he really watched the news a bunch. And then everybody knows the news. Everybody's smart. And everybody knows that we're just about to go back to normal. You just keep on complying. And listen, Kami, if you're starting to think, hey, that plan isn't all it's cracked up to be, maybe it's time for you to explore your options before becoming permanently part of the global communist order. If that's where you are, all you have to do is let all those stupid and evil communist ideas go. Just get them right out of your head and migrate back to America, where, by the way, we will all receive you with open arms. You're going to have to make some amends. And like I said, of course, you're going to have to get rid of those stupid and evil communist ideas. But then just come on back to America. You will be a redeemable communist. And with that, I want to extend a warm Tuesday high noon welcome to all of the redeemable communists out there. Hello, commies! Welcome to the show. So glad you're here. If you found this show by accident or someone tricked you, well, I hope at this point you are listening under the condition of fully informed consent. I would never want you to have to listen to my show because you are forced. We can make that kind of deal. I would like you to listen to my show, of course. Be crazy if I was just doing this to talk to myself. But I would never want you to be forced to listen to the show. Informed consent, Kami, that's what it's all about. That's what we're going for here. I want some smart American who is trying to make sure that you don't permanently join the communist order, which is about to completely collapse under its own narcissism and incompetence. I don't want you to have to be permanently part of that. So I'm hoping that there is some charitable American who you have not pissed off so much that they're like, ah, man, I think we're just going to let that commie go. You should count yourself lucky if that's the situation you're in. And if that's the case, then you should thank them. And what I want you to do is stick around for the rest of this week, maybe next week, possibly a little bit of the week after. And I can guarantee you that by that time, you will be American again. You will not want to be the communist you are now. And I know that as someone who used to be a Democrat. I voted for Obama twice and Hillary once. So I understand where you're coming from. You're like, wait a second, this is the right thing. This is what I've been told all my life is the right thing. And I'm trying to do the right thing. I get it, Kami. I do get it. Now, I don't get how you could possibly still be in that position in late 2021. That's the part I don't get. And that's the part that nobody gets. And that's the part that will eventually become unforgivable.
Okay. Getting yourself into this situation, totally forgivable. All right. It would be like if you got infected with the coronavirus. And at this point, rather than taking ivermectin and being better in a day or two, you chose to go on a ventilator, which has a 90 plus percent chance of killing you or remdesivir. Kind of why people don't want to go to the hospital these days. You understand, don't you, Kami? So you decide that you don't want the cure because the no-no people, they're the ones who talk about the cure. And instead, you want to have your team's cure, which is, you know, death. But at least you're never going to be able to tell anybody about how you messed up. That'll, that'll make it better. And by the way, commies, let's just address this. All these stories of people on their deathbeds saying, oh, they wish they took the vaccine. Those are lies. <laughs> okay, those are lies. Maybe there is some moron out there who lets some doctors coax him into saying that nonsense so that they personally don't have to feel bad about the fact that they are essentially murdering their patients by putting them on ventilators or remdesivir rather than ivermectin. It's a good way for them to get rid of their guilt. Oh, yes, I should have gotten the vaccine. I know it totally would have saved me. I mean, I know it doesn't prevent transmission or infection or severe disease or death. In fact, there's pretty good evidence that it enhances all of those things, but totally should have taken it. Could have avoided this whole thing, right? Right, doctor? Right, nurse? Isn't that what you get them to say? Oh, yes, I wish I took the uh, vaccine. Well, now it's their fault, isn't it? So you don't have to feel bad about killing them. That's where we are. That's the state of the Hippocratic Oath these days. Congratulations, commies. You did that. But let's talk about uh, last night, okay? And I'm going to talk about some pop culture stuff just for a little bit here. And then we can get into the important events of the day because there are many important events of the day, including, by the way, Antony Blinken, the Secretary of State, showing up at Congress yesterday, showing up at the Senate today to testify. And he is detestable and completely incompetent. So that has been an absolute sham and embarrassment. That's just one thing. Now we have reports that Mark Milley has essentially committed treason, which is either 100% true possible or zero percent true and somebody's trying to dispose of mark milley and distract everyone from the fact that rampant fraud is taking place today in the california election that seems most likely to me we also have the dropping of the arizona audit report just eminent at this point right could be today could be tomorrow could be <laughs> for the rest of your life honestly it could take another six weeks for all i know but the, that's a possibility. The fraud taking place in California is undeniable. That's just there. And the more the media doesn't have a distraction that everyone wants to participate in, the better the chances that the California election fraud will come to the fore. And they can't afford that. Okay? So there are some things they want to take your eyes off of. But before we get to that stuff, the culture still does matter. All right? All of that is my caveat, all right? 
I am not trying to take your eyes off of what's important. What's important today? California election fraud, Arizona audit. If nothing happens with the Arizona audit, then all we have is the California election fraud. All of these other issues are media stories, and that's their primary role for today and the foreseeable future. There's nothing we can do to affect those issues. Mark Milley either will or will not resign. Mark Milley either will or will not be brought up on charges of treason or something comparable. We can't do anything about that. All right. Maybe we can pressure politicians a little bit, but that stuff is pretty much all baked in the cake. And we know that or else this report wouldn't come out. But the California election fraud is the immediate issue for today. So eyes on that. That said, let's take a couple of minutes and examine exactly where our culture is at. Okay. Because last night at the Met Gala, we have had one of the most embarrassing and despicable displays of exactly who the Democrat Communist Party is. Okay. Exactly who the global communist elite are and who their heroes are and what their motivations are. Okay. And I also want to talk a little bit about the NFL because what our culture is right now, and I'm talking about our popular culture. Okay. I'm not talking about necessarily the way we treat each other and stuff, although that's all obviously affected by popular culture, but our popular culture right now exists for absolutely one purpose. And that is to propagandize the American public. All right. You could say at any point in the last 20 or 30 or 40 years, or probably longer, that some amount of our popular culture and popular entertainment is propaganda, all right? I would even be open to arguments where a good chunk of it is propaganda. But none of that is like it is today. Every little bit of it is propaganda. So the Met Gala stuff kind of got kicked off yesterday when Nicki Minaj started tweeting about how she didn't want to get vaccinated so she couldn't go to the Met Gala. And she didn't want to get vaccinated because someone she knew had a problem with his package from getting the vaccine. Let's say that. That's totally appropriate, right? That's not even PG-13. I'm basically just PG. It's like uh, the Sandlot around here. Everybody knows what I mean, but I'm being so careful. So Nicki Minaj tweeted that. And then, of course, she had to embrace the shitstorm. And good for her. I mean, good for her. That's all I can say. I'm glad that she tweeted that. And I'm also kind of glad that she got to see exactly what the Democrat Communist Party is really like when you do something they don't like. Joy Reid on MSNBC had a couple of white guys on to talk about how Nicki Minaj was letting down black people by saying that she didn't want to ex- uh, participate in the medical experiment. Now, that's crazy. Nicki Minaj came back and called her an Uncle Tamiana, which good for Nicki Minaj, I guess. And I think she's right. Joy Reid was just trying to shame and bully Nicki Minaj as if they were good friends, as if she was talking down to like her teenage child 
who needs her advice. Yes, everyone has to go to Joy Reid for advice. Joy Reid is going to tell Nicki Minaj how the world really works. And of course, it's obvious that what Joy Reid is trying to do is make sure that no one on the black team ever agrees with the the other side. They can't have their own thoughts about things. They have to repeat the Democrat Communist Party line, of course, because the Democrat Communist Party is the party of black people. And for anyone to go against that means that that person is really just leaving the correct position. What did you think I was going to say? So that's how it started. But then all of it kind of jumps off of Twitter into our media ecosystem, which, by the way, commies, yeah, we see mainstream news. Okay, that's the thing they always forget. Like they know none of our side because they are addicted to the central narrative. We know all of their side because the central narrative is impossible to avoid. All right. So automatically, we are always going to be better prepared in an information and truth environment. That is why they censor. Okay. Because they don't intentionally keep their information stream pure by figuring out what's true and false. They keep it pure by censoring everything that doesn't agree with them. True or false is not the metric. The metric is whether or not it helps them. All right. They censor everything else. So they know all of their central narrative and none of the stuff we think. So they make up the stuff we think and they make it up based on their bigotry and prejudices of the minds of people they don't know and don't want to meet. But we still get their crap because everyone gets their crap. All right. Which means that we see all their pictures of Kim Kardashian showing off her fake body in Something that looks like a fake burqa, right down to the fact that her face is completely covered. And we've seen pictures like this coming out of Afghanistan just in the last week of women being covered head to toe, faces fully covered. And so one of America's biggest, I don't know, celebrities, I guess, it sounds like that's a compliment. I guess it's totally not. So let's just understand that I am not giving Kim Kardashian a compliment by saying that she is one of our biggest celebrities. I guess it's just a fact of what we consider celebrity at this point. Okay, but she's basically wearing a fashionable burqa, right? Make it look good. Burqa, but make it fashion. And then we have uh, Ellen Page, who now makes everyone call her Elliot and pretends that she is a man. She's wearing an oversized tuxedo with some very ugly sneakers what a statement ellen page is trans and now she's elliot so everybody has to agree that that is a man named elliot page and now elliot page is dressing in the common attire of men but she's not doing that to enforce the normalization of men wearing pants. She's doing that because that's how she really feels inside, right? When you are trans like Elliot, Elliot Page, 
you don't just have ideas about what men are like and then dress and act like them in public. You actually are a man and you realize, oh, this really is what men are like. They were exactly like my idea of men. So all I have to do is act like that idea and then I am a man. Perfect. Done. Got it. Totally makes sense. If you are a hypocrite, right? If you are the sort of person that says, None of these characteristics are inherent to the gender. You know that when you switch genders, you do still have to inhabit all of those characteristics that are not inherent to the gender, right? I don't know why Ellen Page doesn't just go the extra mile and not change a damn thing and just be like, I'm a man now. I'm exactly the same, going to dress the same going to look the same, going to act the same, and I'm not going to pretend anything different about my name or what my body does or what my hormones do or anything. I am just going to be a man that is exactly like Ellen Page was yesterday. Perfect. Perfect. We can all agree that that makes sense. Okay. So who else is there? Well, we have Cara Delevingne who is a model and actress and prominent lesbian, or who knows, maybe she's updated it to prominent non-binary or whatever. I mean, honestly, who cares? I do not care at all about how Cara Delevingne designates her gender or sexuality. It is one of the least interesting subjects in the entire world even though she thinks it's incredibly interesting. All right. So whatever she's doing now, she decided to wear uh, some white pants and uh, a white thing covering her chest, which kind of looks like uh, the padding that a, uh, a catcher wears in baseball. And my friend pointed that out. I thought she was just wearing overalls, but apparently it's more complex than that. Maybe. I actually don't know what the thing she's wearing is, but I do know because I can read that it says peg the patriarchy. And if you want to know what pegging is and you don't know, well, then I will tell you, please don't hold it against me for knowing. It just is a thing that I know about because I know about a lot of really sick and dark things. Hey, I'm a writer and I lived in Hollywood. It is what it is. All right. So. Pegging the patriarchy basically means that someone is going to wear a strap on and then have sex with the patriarchy in the anus. <laughs> That's pegging. Hey, sorry. And apparently the idea here is that the patriarchy is now anthropomorphized and made flesh, right? Which gives... Cara Delevingne the opportunity to don a strap on and then bend the patriarchy over and have sex with it. Now, if it's actually the patriarchy that she's trying to do that to, you would think that the patriarchy doesn't want that to happen. So really what Cara Delevingne is supporting on her catcher's pad or overalls or whatever is the non-consensual raping of the patriarchy. So she might as well have said rape the patriarchy, 
right? And she's obviously against the patriarchy. She doesn't love the patriarchy. She's not trying to make love to the patriarchy while wearing a strap on, right? That's not what it says. She's saying peg the patriarchy. She wants to perform a dominant sexual non-consensual act on the patriarchy. So what she's wearing is a statement of sexual violence. Her overalls or whatever they are, are promoting sexual violence against a concept that she believes somehow limits her, even though she is being lauded on a world stage for fashion for promoting non-consensual sexual violence. And she is so oppressed, but yet somehow still allowed to do that. It is amazing how bad the patriarchy is at actually oppressing these sorts of non-binary or non-traditional or uh, non-heteronormalized whatever, right? She's so oppressed, but she can still wear that thing that says peg the patriarchy to an event that costs $30,000 a ticket and people praise her for it. Amazing, isn't it? Madonna's daughter showed off her arm hair to let everyone know how oppressed she is. You have to say that it's very attractive or you're a bigot. Also, Kamala Harris's daughter attended or well, her stepdaughter Kamala Harris actually does not have children, which is the only good thing you can say about her husband, the uh, cuck and global communist Doug Emhoff. So her stepdaughter goes as a period, I guess. And no, I'm not talking about a dot. I didn't know that this was Halloween, but apparently it is. And so the daughter of the fake vice president's husband shows up to a $30,000 per person event dressed up like menstruation. And then, of course, we get a bunch of dudes in dresses and Lil Nas X in three different outfits and apparently not pregnant anymore. And some guy named Dan Levy, who looks like he's dressed as a unicorn fart. And that apparently is what high society has to offer. No big deal, right? So the big star of the night, as always, is none other than Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who wears this big flowing gown. And on the back of it, it says tax the rich in big red letters. Oh, so bold. Tax the rich. She says this is her statement. This is her very bold political statement. Now, all of the political statements of the evening are, of course, extremely woke, right? Everything woke is high fashion. In fact, the more degenerately woke you are, the more you are praised. Cara Delevingne, case in point. Peg the patriarchy. 
My goodness, she is a hero for wearing it. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the woman who identifies as a democratic socialist, which is the same as a socialist, which is the same as a communist. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is a communist and a global communist. And this is obvious, right? She works as a walking billboard for George Soros's political agenda. Okay. Sunrise movement, AOC. Green New Deal, AOC. Pretending to get raped at the very deadly insurrection, AOC. Always, always AOC. AOC is out there in front of everything because she's the smartest and the best at communicating the agenda. Of course not. She's good at making news and she's perfect for events like this, where everyone just hopes she shuts up because it's not about what the Congresswoman might say. Her message is simple. Tax the rich. Now, it should say something to everyone that none of the people at this $30,000 per person event is offended by AOC's dress and AOC's message. You can imagine that not one person had the courage to go up to her and be like, hey, you know, uh, that doesn't make sense here. (laughs) No one went up to her and said that. I've been in these environments plenty of times. The last thing anyone wants to do is make a scene, particularly with someone with that much social cachet in that environment, right? You can't go offend AOC in that environment. She will immediately claim that she's been attacked and then your life will become hell forever. And everybody there knows it. So no one's going to say a goddamn thing to AOC. AOC can wear the tax the rich dress and people will think, oh, that's so bold. Yeah, you know, we really do need to tax the rich. People there are saying that. Steph Curry's there. He gets paid like $50 million a year to play basketball, a million dollars a week. And he probably thinks, yeah, you know what? We do need to tax the rich and we need to do something about how oppressed I am. (laughs) These are the people that are setting the cultural norms for America right now, we are told. And these have been the people doing it for a very long time. And these are not the Michael Jordans of the world, let's just be clear. Steph Curry is a very fine basketball player. And he also might be a nice guy. I'm actually not trying to talk bad about Steph Curry, okay? Very talented dude. He's not as bad as LeBron James at all. But he ain't good. He's still just another woke athlete trying to cash in while propagandizing the American public. He doesn't, it doesn't add up for him that that's not a good thing to do. So, sorry, Steph. You're a global communist, and you know it. And your coach, Steve Kerr, global communist. Everybody knows it. You guys would take China's side immediately if it came down to the NBA's survival. You got to survive without China. Nope. You're going to thrive with China, even if it's at the expense of America. Hey, that's just the price of doing business. Now, why doesn't AOC's dress say eat the rich? Isn't that the bold statement that we used to know? Now it's just tax the rich. Well, that's just a policy concern. And the rich are already being taxed. 
In fact, the rich pay most of the taxes in the country. And by the way, there's plenty of rich people using and abusing tax loopholes, and especially in corporations, and especially in the last 18 months, as we've seen the country's richest people get exponentially richer, while everyone else goes on unemployment and has their financial future destroyed on the pretense that we have a very deadly virus circulating in our society that, you know, just so happens to kill only one out of a thousand people. And most of them are in nursing homes. But you don't want to do eat the rich, right? That's just too obviously provocative. So it's just tax the rich, a very simple notion that everyone can get on board with. And she takes it to one of the richest places you could possibly imagine going, and no one's really offended. And either that's because they're the kind of dyed-in-the-world commies that most of the normal Biden voting commies are, where they think, oh, thank goodness she's getting that message right in their faces. How bold, how strong. What a woman. Or, and this is the more likely answer, None of these people actually think they're rich. They don't believe they're elites. I was having a conversation with Sophia Bush, of all people, uh, a couple years ago and said something about elites. And she was like, well, I'm not an elite. What the fuck are you talking about? You own $10 million worth of homes right next to each other in the Hollywood Hills. How are you not one of the elites? You are absolutely in this country's 1%. And you're, of course, in the global 1%, but that's not rich. That's not real rich. Those aren't the rich people that we're worried about. Those are the good rich people. The good rich people who whose job is to get rich enough that they can put out mild messages about how we might be able to help the poor people with communism. Those are the real elites. The real elites are not people with multi-million dollar houses in multiple cities or and or multiple places in one city. Those aren't the bad rich. Those aren't the rich we're worried about. They don't need to be taxed at all. They've got it hard enough. Right? Isn't that where we're at? So these people at the Met Gala, by and large, don't think that they are the rich ones. They are all encouraging higher taxes on other people. And then they'll say, well, yeah, you know, if, if I have to be taxed more, that's, that's all right. I'm happy to contribute my share. Really? Well, why aren't you taking responsibility for where your money could be going in terms of charities that actually help people instead of charities that are just money laundering schemes? That would be something interesting to ask all of the rich people there. I would be interested to know. But then the question becomes, what in the world is a congresswoman doing at an event that costs $30,000 to attend? Did someone give her the ticket? Well, that's not legal. And Kevin McCarthy, the House Minority Leader, talked about this on Fox News this morning. There might be an ethics investigation into this. At some point, and I hope there is. I mean, obviously, if the right things don't happen first, there's no way in hell that's going to happen. I'm sure that AOC believes she is free and clear because no one is actually going to hold her accountable for anything. 
And she has good reason to believe that considering how politics have been in her lifetime. But let's hope that it gets better. And I think it will. So that's one big cultural distraction and surely a sign of the absolute decadence and degradation of American popular culture. This is scraping the absolute bottom of the barrel. Okay, this is like the kind of stuff that happens before a meteor hits (laughs) and everybody's like, thank goodness for that meteor. That's where we are. Her dress may as well have said, let them eat cake, okay? Or let them eat crickets because that's the global agenda that she supports. But then we have the NFL this weekend as well. So kickoff weekend, this is when the NFL starts, the opening weekend, and I watched a little football, not a lot, a little. Some friends were over at my friend's house last night for Monday Night Football People were cooking and drinking. That's a lovely experience. And so this is the first game at the now Las Vegas Raiders new stadium. And they had initially put in a full vaccination policy. They have the clear app. They have every dystopian thing you can imagine for fans to attend this game. And The game starts and in the end zone at the back of the end zone, I think maybe they started doing this last year too, but it says end racism at the back of the end zone End racism. Now on an NFL field at any given time are somewhere between 75 and a hundred black millionaires. Okay. Every single NFL game all the time, there are between 75 and a hundred black millionaires. Generally speaking, maybe it's 50 sometimes. Okay, but let's say 75 to 100, 50 players on either side, including some wealthy coaches, totally ballpark, 50 low end. Let's say between 50 and 100. How about that? I think we can be comfortable there, but got to end racism or at least you got to tell the people at home that that's something we have to do in front of. 50 to 100 black millionaires at any given moment. And then, of course, there are people in the stands who are also members of minority communities as defined by skin color. And they have enough money to go to the games. I don't think anyone is trying to prevent them from going to the games. Now, it's possible that someone at the game might make a rude comment. That's totally possible. But by and large... They are not experiencing racism at the place that says and racism. So it's really just a a message to all those rubes at home, you know, all those working class people that the NFL relies on for its entire business. They get to read that message because they're the problem. Hey, hey, customers, you customers, you're the problem. In fact, you know what? All you can go fuck yourselves. You're all racist. And naturally, all the commercials that play during the game support the same agenda. The agenda is shoved in people's faces nonstop. And the NFL loves to do this. And the television networks love to do it. And the whole society loves to do it. An NFL game is now mostly commercials. I don't know even know how they did it. I mean, the game is still roughly as long. But it seems like there are just 
a zillion commercials. Maybe they just stop more often. I don't know what it is. It's just all commercials. Maybe it was always like that and I didn't notice or care. But so you just have propaganda, 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 propaganda all the time. Maybe it's just because I don't watch TV anymore that I don't notice it on a regular basis. And this seems rather jolting to me. Like, how can anybody watch this many commercials? It is all propaganda. And a friend of mine last night who actually listens to this show, good buddy of mine. Hello, good buddy of mine. He mentioned the fact that, you know, all the flyovers and the flag displays and the elaborate uh, national anthem, all that stuff, the Americana of the NFL is all paid for with American tax dollars through the military. The military pays for that because it's meant to be something that raises the national spirit so that people will want to join the military. It's a military marketing budget. Now, I wonder, because we don't have too many of the giant flags across the field and we don't have too many flyovers, we don't like that sort of thing anymore because we are all trying to propel the American decline and hope that our country eventually succumbs to global communism so that we can all then finally alleviate ourselves of the guilt of having to survive and thrive in a country that actually does good things for its citizens in the world. That was too much to bear. Okay. That's a lot of responsibility having to have a good country. It's much easier and more guilt-free to allow our country to fall to global communism so that we can at least all say that we're the same, right? So the military money did not dry up and they didn't stop doing commercials. I really would really like to know if the military is now paying for the wokening of the NFL. I am really interested in finding that out. If anybody knows anything about that, feel free to hit me on the info stream or elsewhere. I am going to look into that stuff and try to find out some more about it. I was actually posting a few weeks ago about the NFL charities. They are involved in, I think, nine specific charities, and almost all of them are either run by people tied to the Soroses or tied to the Clintons without fail. It is crazy. That's what NFL charities do, and we're all supposed to support the NFL charities because they are helping communities. They have charities that... For instance, like help felons vote, you know, priorities, big priorities in America. That's what we have. So it's just constant distraction with propaganda, propaganda that we have been taught to like and yearn for. People want to see all the outfits at the Met Gala propagandize me harder. I can't get enough. And we jump from one distraction to the next. That's like the bread and circuses part of thing, though. The real distractions in the news cycle are things like what we have today in the Washington Post. And in the Washington Post, we have a story about a new book by Bob Woodward of Watergate fame, who has a story about Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, potentially being guilty of treason. Okay, so here's the headline. Top general was so fearful Trump might spark war that he made secret calls to his Chinese counterpart. New book says peril by Bob Woodward and Robert Costa reveals that General Mark A. Milley called his Chinese counterpart before the election and after January 6th in a bid to avert armed conflict. Okay, now most of the commies who read this will be 
immediately drawn to make the argument that Donald Trump is, in fact, so dangerous and is just mentally deficient for the job. He is crazy. He was spouting all of these conspiracy theories about election fraud, even though election fraud was entirely real. And January 6th happened and he didn't get mad enough, even though January 6th, the violence was called caused by the FBI. You know, crazy stuff. Donald Trump was the crazy one, not the media, not the media who has completely turned these communists into absolute utter morons and thoughtless drones as they continue to be to this very day. But let's go to the story. Isaac Stanley Becker is the writer of this very good story. And I say that, of course, with sarcasm. Twice in the final months of the Trump administration, the country's top military officer was so fearful that the president's actions might spark a war with China that he moved urgently to avoid to avert armed conflict. In a pair of secret phone calls, General Mark A. Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, assured his Chinese counterpart, General Ling Zhuochang of the People's Liberation Army, that the United States would not strike. According to Washington Post associate editor Bob Woodward and national political reporter Robert Costa. One call took place on October 30th, 2020, four days before the election that unseated President Trump and the other on January 8th, 2021, two days after the Capitol siege carried out by his supporters in a quest to cancel the vote. I mean, obvious propaganda already. Okay, the first call was prompted by Milley's review of intelligence, suggesting the Chinese believed the United States was preparing to attack. That belief, the authors write, was based on tensions over military exercises in the South China Sea and deepened by Trump's belligerent rhetoric toward China. Now, that right there is crazy. Okay, there is no justification whatsoever for Mark Milley calling the Chinese Communist Party to warn them that the American president might do something that is undermining the president of the United States of America in a military context, giving material aid to our enemies. Sounds right there like Mark Milley is guilty of treason. And treason actually does have a punishment. General Lee I want to assure you that the American government is stable and everything is going to be okay, Milley told him. We are not going to attack or conduct any kinetic operations against you. In the book's account, Milley went so far as to pledge he would alert his counterpart in the event of a U.S. attack, stressing the rapport they'd established through a back channel. General Lee, you and I have known each other for now five years. If we're going to attack, I'm going to call you ahead of time. It's not going to be a surprise. Yes, Mark Milley's friendship with the leader of the Chinese Communist Party's People's Liberation Army is so good that he places that personal relationship above his personal relationship with the country he has sworn an oath to serve and protect. That's amazing, is it not? Lee took the chairman at his word. The authors write in the book, Peril, which is set to be released next week. And by the way, guys, this is not promotion for the book. They're not just giving you a juicy story that's going to turn out to be nothing like they always do with Bob Woodward books. Bob Woodward is basically just a serial propagandist who does the bidding of some political entity. And it's definitely not the global communists or the CIA. 
No way. Who would believe something that crazy? It's a conspiracy. Bob Woodward hasn't been right about anything in decades. And yet, every time he releases a book, it's always at a very, very important time. Right. Do you remember how Bob Woodward released his book about how Trump had messed up the whole coronavirus thing at the beginning? He wasn't taking it seriously. And Bob Woodward re- waited to release that crucial information to the American public until right before the election. It's crazy. It must have just taken him that long to publish it. Or he's lying. Or maybe. The story's not that important because if it was that important, Bob Woodward should have come forward and told everybody, right? This information has earth shattering consequences. Why would you keep it from the American public? Something so important unless you don't care about your country at all. And really, you're just trying to uh, narrative shift or make a lot of money. It's hard to tell what Bob Woodward's intentions are. I'm sure that they're all good, though. I mean, he's the country's savior. He's the one who took down Richard Nixon, right? Watergate. Ah, it's Woodward and Bernstein. Thank God. National heroes. Now we can trust the media forever. All we have to do is say, look at Woodward and Bernstein. (laughs) There they are on CNN again, just saving the nation. In the second call. Placed to address Chinese fears about the events of January 6th, Lee wasn't as easily assuaged, even after Millie promised him, quote, we are 100 percent steady. Everything's fine, but democracy can be sloppy sometimes. Yeah, Mark, it's not as easy here. It's so much better over there where the Chinese Communist Party just decides what's going to happen. And then that's what happens. And thank goodness they don't have defectors and traitors like we do. Oh, that's you. Oh, yeah, that's you, Mark. Thank you for protecting democracy by committing treason. What a guy. Thank goodness we have Mark Milley refusing to testify or step down after the Afghanistan debacle. What a guy. Now. This Mark Milley story is sucking all the oxygen out of the political space today. This is now the topic of conversation that everyone must be focused on, even as the nation's most populous and most communist state attempts to recall a communist governor. And of course, it is going to be rife with fraud. Did you hear that? It's rife, not ripe. Hey, everybody on our team. Stop saying ripe with fraud. Okay, rife. Now, California's election laws make California ripe for election fraud, but that's different. There are already countless reports in California of machine problems, problems with the poll books, people arriving to their polling places and being told that they have already voted by mail. And what happens when that happens? Well, the voter can't be denied their right to vote. That would be the sort of thing we might call voter suppression. But that only counts when it comes to voter ID and race. That can't happen to a white Republican who's like 88 years old and interviewed by KTLA 5 in California. Oh, wait, that did happen. Yeah, of course it happened. A Republican went to their polling place. And talked about how she 
was unable to vote on a real ballot. So she was given a provisional ballot and she filled out the provisional ballot and left it with them. But she has no guarantee whatsoever that the vote counted in her name and on her behalf from that mail in ballot will be removed from the count or that her provisional ballot will be counted at all. It may well just be thrown out because they don't have to record it. They don't have to look at it. That's kind of the thing with provisional ballots. You have no idea whether your vote will ever count. And that is why they give it to you. They say, well, we're not trying to disenfranchise everyone. We're giving them the opportunity to vote via provisional ballot. No, we're not going to take the vote we gave them away. But at least they're going to feel like they voted. And we do already know that this is how they operate. They figure out which people might be low propensity voters to show up and vote in person, right? Based on their prior voting history or maybe their prior residence or something like their age. Now, the woman who was interviewed on KTLA was very spry for 88. She totally had her wits about her, looked like she got around real well. But you can imagine most 88 year olds are more like Joe Biden and they have to have someone wipe their butt and then accidentally announce it because they have no idea what's going on. That is a very common feature of the elderly. Hey, sorry, elderly. It just is true. Not true for this woman, though. So you could imagine that this elderly California Republican who may not have voted in recent elections, I'm not sure. She actually seems like she's the kind of person who would. So this is only speculation about that part. But if they have reason to believe that she's not going to show up in person to vote in the recall election. Then that's the perfect kind of vote for them to steal because no one's ever going to second guess it. They're like, yeah, she's elderly. She voted by mail. No big deal. Right. That's who we're told needs the vote by mail. Nobody's going to believe it's actually for covid anymore. Not that they didn't try. They tried OG COVID last year. They tried the Lambda variant a few weeks ago, and then they even gave Moo a shot. But Steve Bannon kind of killed that one before it got out of the gate. So they tried to do that and it didn't work. Now we're talking about a place that will allow people to print out their ballots at home and send them in as votes. That is pathetic. We're talking about a place that mails people their ballots out of state. There are people out of state who don't live in California anymore who still receive their ballots in other states. The California Secretary of State knew to send their ballot out of state. That is beyond the pale. All right. And now Donald Trump came out with a couple of statements about this election fraud in the last couple of days, he had one last night and then another one today. And he is being accused, of course, of drumming up a conspiracy theory and sowing doubt in the elections last night or yesterday in the afternoon. He wrote, does anybody really believe the California recall election isn't rigged? Millions and millions of mail in ballots will make this just another giant election scam. No different, but less blatant than the 2020 presidential election scam. And of course, that's exactly right. It is rigged and it is an election scam. This is what they do. This is how the Democrat Communist Party wins. If Gavin Newsom was free and clear as they are pretending he is, they wouldn't have gone to these lengths to rig the election. 
They wouldn't have Kamala Harris out there and they wouldn't have Joe Biden visiting Long Beach where his motorcade drove by hundreds, if not thousands of actual Americans with their American flags and their fuck Joe Biden flags and their Trump one flags. And they were all chanting, fuck Joe Biden, which is now apparently the new national anthem. (laughs) It's happening everywhere. Yankees and Mets fans were walking out of City Field, which I guess is kind of just Shea Stadium, right? They were walking out like arms around each other's shoulders, chanting together, fuck Joe Biden. Mets fans and Yankees fans are supposed to hate each other, but they have unified against Joe Biden. And I said that this would happen a good year or so ago. You know, Joe Biden always talking about unity. I have specifically said a bunch of times in this podcast. Yes, the nation is unifying, but not around that. The nation is unifying with our position. Okay, we are in a vast, vast majority at this point. We need to start acting like it and stop pretending that we need to give extra credit to the communist viewpoint just because it is said to be the widely accepted viewpoint. It is not the viewpoint of the majority. It is not the widely accepted viewpoint. It is only the viewpoint of the propagandistic media and entertainment culture. Okay, that's it. So Yankees and Mets fans have come together. It's like cats and dogs living together. Everybody is uniting against the fraudulent president. Okay. But they still send this guy out to California and they send Kamala Harris out to California to pretend to give rallies for Gavin Newsom to try to save Gavin Newsom's career. And now here's a little clip of uh, the fake president talking last night in California in front of what looks like a crowd of honestly about 30 people. And I'm going to say this right out. I could be totally wrong, right? They only gave us one view of the crowd and it was a, it was this kind of over the shoulder, like sort of from the side view of Biden's podium. And then these bleachers that had a bunch of people with signs and behind that, it had these massive light up letters that say vote no. And the whole scene kind of looked like the music video for Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit. I don't know if you remember that, but the bleachers look kind of sparsely populated, but everybody's on their feet and like going crazy and they have signs. So the whole scene looks much more active than it is, but it's really only about 25 or 30 people. Anyway, here's the fake president. I could go on, but here's the deal. I'm going to make this as simple as I can. You either keep Gavin Newsom as your governor or... You'll get Donald Trump. It's not a joke. Republican governor blocking progress on COVID-19, who is also anti-woman, anti-worker, a climate denier, who doesn't believe in choice. The choice should be absolutely clear. Gavin Newsom, you have a governor who has the courage to lead. And Gavin, you have a governor. Blah, 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 blah. Gavin Newsom, so courageous. The courage to lead. And by courage to lead, of course, the screaming demented pervert means that 
Gavin Newsom will do absolutely whatever he's told and is willing to accept payoffs, even if they're from the Chinese Communist Party. That's what it is to lead, right? Raise the state income tax as high as possible. And then supplement that with federal bailouts so that it's actually the rest of the country paying for California's incompetent operation manned by Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom, he has the courage to stand there and be a communist pawn and even go through a recall election where everybody knows he's losing and he has the courage to steal that. He has the courage to keep going right until the end and even after that. And when they say that Gavin has won the election with 54 or 57 or 60% of the vote, and they claim that he has this overwhelming mandate, Gavin will go out in public and pretend that he really won as if he doesn't know that he won due to election fraud. And that is one of the worst things about these criminals. They have no problem, no problem whatsoever with going out and telling the public that they actually won. Because you see, the real problem that America has had for decades now, and, you know, maybe this goes back further than the Kennedy assassination, but that's kind of a marker. You know, I know I get on boomers sometimes. Hey, sorry, boomers. If you don't identify with my comments, just don't identify with the comments. Okay. If someone says something bad about Gen X and I'm like, hey, that's not me. I don't freak out about it. There's a hilarious review someone left on uh, the podcast page on Apple Podcasts, which is why I mention it. They like left it two stars. I think that they actually like the podcast, but they're really upset that I said something about boomers or maybe it was because Garrett did. I don't know. But when you accept when the president of the United States, a president like that, by the way, a magnetic guy with actual charisma that the country gets behind when that man is assassinated and nobody cares that they are being lied to about how and everybody just decides that they have to go on. Well, that's the sort of event that leads to systemic rot, the kind that we see now. And it just happened to be that generation who grew up with that as the backdrop. Political assassinations. People have a suspicion of who did it. But if you talk about it, you're called a conspiracy theorist. So everyone just agrees that they're going to accept the lie because, hey, we can't really get down to the bottom of this. So let's just pretend. And there's going to be no accountability. But the truth is, there's no accountability anywhere. We're just all going to agree that it's totally acceptable to lie, cheat and steal. And once you've accepted that, then everything else becomes, well, how do I get mine? How do I protect myself? And that's what we see in the whole coronavirus thing, too. A lot of people know that they're going along with total falsehoods. They're going along with global communism. They don't care. They won't stand up because they think that looking out for themselves is the highest priority. That is the greatest good, right? No one else is going to look out for them. The society can't look out for one another. You got to look out for yourself. Doesn't matter. Lying, cheating, stealing. It's all good. And so they do it shamelessly. They don't care. It doesn't bother them that they are obviously cheaters, obviously liars. California's Democrat communist voters will be like, well, hey, you know, the, the whole election, it was should never happen in the first place. So it's OK that Gavin cheats to stay in office because they think that the legitimate election was the one that put Gavin in office and they've 
agreed that this election is illegitimate from the start. It should have never happened. Gavin didn't deserve to be recalled. So the recall isn't official and it doesn't matter. And so if everyone cheats, who cares? It is what it is. We elected Gavin for real the first time. You can't have him unelected this time. Not like this. It's worth cheating because Gavin is so necessary. Otherwise, we could get a second Trump. And the funny thing is that Joe Biden is right. If Gavin Newsom is not elected and Larry Elder gets in there and fixes up the California voting system, then Joe Biden is exactly right. Trump is coming back in a major way. It won't be Larry Elder who's Trump. It'll be Trump who's Trump. Because if California can't defraud elections anymore, then California is no longer a blue state. California relies on election fraud to win. The entire Democrat Communist Party relies on election fraud to win. And in talking about the cheating and the fact that we accept cheating, I want to play this little clip from Morning Joe that has kind of made its way around today. And it's very illustrative of this notion. And I don't think anyone has quite addressed it this way. So here's the clip. So, Joe, this is what many people feared after Donald Trump stoked the flames about the 2020 election, that Republicans would use that as a model for any election it looked like they were going to lose. The polling has Larry Elder and all the other challengers far behind now. Gavin Newsom, though, looked pretty tight about a month ago. He's opened up some space. So now, before the votes right. have been cast, many of them, before the ballots have been counted, claims of voter fraud to explain away a ele potential election loss. What, what whiners? What, what losers? I mean, they, they, these poor little snowflakes are going around every time it looks like they're going to lose an election. They, they say, oh, the election got stolen. They cheated. I mean, seriously, this is this is this is elemental. I mean, you tell your your kids when they're playing a game to you know, play as hard as they can play it. And then when the game's over, shake the other team's hand and, and, and be a good loser. And, and here we have one after another after another Republican just whining. It is, I guess it is their strategy. They understand, especially in places like California, that their, their policies are just extraordinarily unpopular. They're on the. Got it. So election fraud is a myth and it is now a Republican strategy to accuse Democrats of cheating in the election every time Republicans lose. That is what we are being told. And Joe Scarborough is talking about how parents are supposed to raise their kids, like in Little League, for instance, to play really hard. And if it doesn't come out your way, well, you go shake the other team's hands and you say good game and you move on and try to get better. Now, this whole election thing, that's not a game, okay? And if it was a game, if it was a Little League game, and it turned out that one of the Little League teams was paying the umpires to make sure that they won every time. Well, then if you're teaching your children to go over and shake the other team's hands, if you know they're paying the umpires and it's obvious that the team is cheating. If you're telling your kids that you're a terrible parent, in fact, that's how we get to an America like this. Well, hey, guys, there's you know, there's just going to be liars and cheaters and and thieves in your life. And you're just going to have to say, hey, good game. You stole that fair and square. Nah, Joe, that's not how that works. OK, 
No one is claiming that they deserve to win a game they actually lost. What's being claimed is that there are crimes being committed against this country repeatedly. And communists like you, Joe, are the ones who are making sure that those crimes can never, ever be solved and the perpetrators ever brought to justice. That is a crime against America, Joe Scarborough. That's the complaint. Not that we lost an election, okay? The complaint is treason. And you know it's happening because you're participating in it. Everybody knows Joe Scarborough. Everyone can see it and everyone can see you. You are underwater in terms of the knowledge this country has about the reality of election fraud. It is undeniable, which is why smart people no longer deny it, including, by the way, many of those Biden voters. Gavin Newsom was recalled for a reason. It's because he is a despicable man and entirely incompetent at governing the state. And unfortunately, he's not even the one governing it. He is doing what he is told because he is getting paid and he is fully compromised. And his family has been in corrupt California politics for decades and decades with the Pelosi's and with the Gettys. Hey, sorry, Gettys. I like some of you. It is what it is. Gavin Newsom exists to protect corrupt power in California and to ease the process of the CCP in taking over America for the benefit of global communism, which is why they want places like Los Angeles and San Francisco to be what they call global cities. All right. That's why they need the passports. That's why they need the biometric data. Everywhere is everywhere. There's no difference between places. They're all the same. Just one big global community where no one matters at all. Except, of course, for the very rich who are at the top of every communist scheme. Always for all time. All this thing is, is global communism where it's projected from the top down. You know, a hundred years ago, they used to justify communism as being for the workers. The workers were the ones encouraging it. They were organizing for communism. They really thought that their needs would be taken care of if only they put on the proper pressure. We don't need that now. Now we have the rich wanting communism because what they want is a monarchy or an oligarchy. That's how they feel comfortable. They get to do absolutely whatever they want and continually get richer. And everyone else just exists as part of the system. Everyone else gets just enough so that their level of guilt doesn't grow too high about their own lifestyle. That's the entire point. That's where we're at. That's what Gavin Newsom represents. And in the backdrop of all this, we have the pathetic Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, showing up in front of the House Foreign Affairs Committee yesterday and the Senate Foreign Relations Committee today. And his testimony has been pathetic. Most of the people questioning him have been equally pathetic, but there have been some really good ones. And I was going to go into this at more length today, but we're kind of running long. So. The clips and some discussion on the clips are available in the info stream on Telegram. If you're not on Telegram, get on Telegram. 
Okay, it's better than Twitter, better than Facebook, et cetera, et cetera, better than Instagram. If you want to keep up with political content, move there. All right. Eventually, everyone you follow is going to be taken off of Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And you probably will, too. If they're not getting taken down, then they're not doing a very good job. If you're not getting taken down, then you're not spreading truth to your community and your followers. That's just how it is. Sorry. Do a better job. Get censored and get taken down. Have places to fall back on. Okay. Telegram is the best social media platform in existence. Gab is a very good facsimile of Facebook. And I know that that will sound insulting to Andrew Torba. I don't mean it to. I mean, the functionality is very similar and Gab does a really good job. Okay. Great platform. Getter is basically a facsimile of Twitter. And they will admit that, by the way. It's not an insult. It's got pretty much the same functionality. Doesn't have the same community yet, but the community is growing. Getter has the advantage of being able to back up all of your tweets and your Twitter followers and all that. So you can basically back up your Twitter account in the very likely event that your Twitter account will be nuked. So pull it all on together. Use it as a backup, even if you don't want to use it. You're like, nah, you know, I'm going to still stay on Twitter. Fine. Do whatever you want to do. All right. I'm giving you advice. Pull your Twitter account over to Getter, and then it's there as a backup. Telegram is the best. The info stream is t.me slash I'm your moderator. I put all of this content up. Pretty much everything I talk about, you're going to hear about in that info stream. I know no one wants to learn new platforms and build new followings, but the time has come. You don't have a choice. Get over there, learn it, become accustomed to it. I promise you, you'll like it better. And as far as following political content goes, if you are spending your day on Instagram and Facebook, you are not only reducing the amount of quality content you are able to see, you are intentionally allowing yourself to be demoralized in the process. All right. Those platforms exist to demoralize you. We are in an information war. We lose the war when we are demoralized. Stop partaking in your own demoralization. It is pointless and it's harmful to you. All right. You are going to be a happier, more well-informed person if you leave legacy social media behind. Now, last thing I want to say, apologies on not getting an episode up yesterday. I was behind in my day and then I wanted to check out the blink and stuff. And I also just was exhausted. My brain was a little foggy. I was not on point. And so I ultimately did not get an episode up. I apologize for that. My goal is to be up consistently five days a week, but I'm also trying to figure out what anchor is doing to my podcast right now, because out of nowhere last week, after the podcast had its best week of all time, which, by the way, my friend Garrett Ziegler contributed a lot to that. He came on. He helped promote the show to his following. That was awesome. If you're one of Garrett Ziegler's followers, awesome. Same thing with Patel Patriot. He has pushed a lot of people to my platforms, and I love him for that. His work is excellent. Go read his Devolution series, patelpatriot.substack.com. Go check out Garrett's stuff at Marco Polo. Donate to him if you can because his cause is a righteous one and he is exactly the person who can see it to its fruitful conclusion. Okay. But 
out of nowhere after my podcast's best week ever, they basically somehow, and I don't know if it's nefarious. I just really strongly suspect it is. It could have just been because I put an episode up on Labor Day and it messed with everybody's timing. Totally possible. But immediately my listens went down by like 75% in the first day and every day following. And now some of that's come back. So we'll see how it goes. They are taking their time responding to my complaints to them. They took two days to respond to the first one, another four to respond to the second one. And they only responded in the second one to tell me that someone higher up needs to deal with this. So that's where we are on that. Any support you guys can give in terms of sharing the show is awesome. And thank you to everyone who has signed up for a paid subscription to the Substack. I put out an article this weekend called uh, Open Letter to People I Care About. And it is basically for all the people out there who, for whatever reason, still cannot see where I am coming from on this and what the moral cost is for them of not considering what it would mean for them if I am right about all of this. Okay, because if I am right about all of this, at least we are prepared for this world changing moment. If I am right about this and they are still laughing and dismissing their world is going to get rocked. And I think that that's what's going to happen. And I don't think too many of them are going to be very happy about it. Anyway, I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic and Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a substack, I'm Your Moderator.substack.com, where you can donate. Or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Acting as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. 
On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab, and I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at imyourmoderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofi. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!